Wednesday, 27th of October, 2021. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Acts 2, verse 6. The previous verses noted the sound of the rushing wind and the speaking in tongues. They also noted that there were Jews from every nation under heaven. The verse now begins with, And when this sound occurred, it is referring to the events just mentioned, probably beginning with the rushing wind, followed by the speaking in tongues, and certainly with a stress on the tongues. This is because the word translated as sound is different than that of verse 2, of chapter 2, verse 2. There it was the word eikos, that refers to a loud or confused sound, the mighty rushing wind. Here the word is phone, this refers to a sound which is inclusive of a voice, language or dialect, the utterances of the disciples. With that occurring, it says the multitude. That is a direct reference to those of the previous verse just mentioned, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. It is the pilgrims of the pilgrim feast. The law mandated that they come, and these men, certainly with their families, as the law directed, in obedience to the law, had presented themselves in the temple area. In this place, they were drawn to the spot where the disciples had gathered to find out what was going on. It is there, and while listening to the sound, that it says they were confused. The word in Greek is a compound verb coming from sun, together, and cheo, to pour. If one takes two liquids and pours them together, they intermingle and their properties become confused. This is the thought of those who heard. They were unable to properly process what was going on because everyone heard them speak. The verb is imperfect, saying, because everyone was hearing. They heard and they kept on hearing. It's an important part of what is being conveyed. To simply say, they heard, is not as uncommon as we might initially think, as will be explained in a minute. However, these people heard, and what they heard continued on, as Luke says, in his own language. It is the same word first used in Acts 1 verse 19. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that field is called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. Translating this as language is incorrect. In verses 2, 8 to 11, it will mention some of the various tongues that are heard. Understanding their origin, Vincent's word studies notes, the Phygians and Pamphylians, for instance, both spoke Greek, but in different idioms. The Parthians, Medes, and Elamites all spoke Persian, but in different provincial forms. Hence, these are not only unique languages, but dialects within various languages are noted. The point is that what is heard is completely understandable to those who heard. The next verse will explain the confusion noting that those who are speaking are Galileans. As such, even if they spoke the language, they would certainly not be proficient in the pronunciation nor in the dialect. What is happening 
may not have been confusing if they heard someone call out an expression in his own language or even his own dialect. This happens all the time. Someone knows a word or two of Spanish, Malay, German or Japanese and they call it out to a person of that nation. This might be the case if someone visited a Japanese restaurant and he said to the owners as he walked in Watashi wa nippon shoku ga dasakeneshu motomo yoi This might be impressive to some extent but such a simple phrase can be learned quickly enough. However, if the person said it in a perfect local dialect and the owners happened to be from that area they may be a bit surprised. If the person continued to speak in this dialect a state of confusion would come upon the owners. This guy has blonde hair and round eyes and he not only speaks Japanese but he speaks it perfectly in our own dialect. Hontoni Sogodesu! Remember what is happening here is occurring at the same time of year that the law was received by the people at Mount Sinai. The difference is quite striking. The law was received from the Lord in a state of fear, quaking, trembling and with a voice that brought terror upon the people. It was the Lord speaking to Israel in their own language. But more, it was only spoken to Israel. At Pentecost, the sound is familiar and it is at the time of rejoicing, Deuteronomy 12 verse 12. In fact, no one who was in mourning could participate in this event, Deuteronomy 26 verse 14. And further, it came not only in the language of the people, but in the language of all people, from every nation under heaven, Acts 2 verse 5. Though these are Jews, they are Jews who came from those other nations, implying that the word is not only intended for these Jews, but for all people. But more, what is heard is from the Lord through his people. In this, the contrast to the law is complete. The law is of fear. The giving of the Spirit is of friendliness. The law calls for works. The Spirit comes through faith. The law brings condemnation. The work of Christ brings salvation. These and innumerable other contrasts are seen in the law versus the gospel of grace. Life Application There is a Jewish teaching that the law of Moses, given at Mount Sinai, went out to all the world in the 70 known languages of the people recorded in Genesis 10. This is certainly a false teaching that began after the events at Pentecost. This is found in a Midrash, or Jewish commentary on scripture, that was supposedly recorded by Rabbi Yohanan, 30 BC to AD 90. If Yohanan actually said this, he certainly realized the significance of what occurred at Pentecost and made that story up in order to demonstrate that what occurred at Pentecost was not without precedent and was not something special or unique to faith in Christ Jesus. There is nothing in scripture to justify this false teaching, and if it were so, the Bible would have recorded it. It is just as possible that this is credited to Yohanan because he lived during the time that the events occurred, and it is a way of robbing the truth of the Pentecost experience recorded in scripture away from its actual source. One must be exceedingly careful when referring to Jewish commentaries. If what they state or claim is not in accord with scripture, it is best to disregard it. There has been an agenda in Judaism to obscure the truth of Christ for 2000 years. Likewise, 
it is unsound to take Jewish cultural events, such as how their wedding marriages are conducted, and to insert that into New Testament theology. This is a giant problem that often confuses the truth of what is being conveyed by Jesus and the Apostles, and it leads to many incorrect doctrines concerning events that have, or that will, occur. This is especially true with modern Messianic and Hebrew roots evaluations of things, like the Leviticus 23 feasts of the Lord, the Shemitah, the Sabbath, and Jubilee cycles, and so on. These extra-biblical insertions do not help us evaluate those things. Rather, they misdirect our eyes away from what God intends for us to see, meaning Jesus Christ. The Bible stands alone as the testament to what God is doing in Christ. If any extra-biblical teaching does not sync with what is stated in Scripture, toss it. Just because someone is Jewish and appears well-versed in the language and culture of the Jews, it does not mean he is a specialist on the Bible. It is a huge problem within the modern church, and it should not become a part of our personal theology. Stick with the Bible. Lord God, your word is sufficient for our knowledge, doctrine, and practice concerning our faith. May we be careful to not trust people with fine-sounding arguments that do not align with your word, even if they claim it is something that reveals secrets about you. That is what your word is for. May we let this sink into our minds. Amen.